This is episode number 10 with College Advice podcast host and academic advisor Katie Oliveira. Hi, I'm Ishan Sharma and you are listening to Bitscast. And this episode is with Katie Oliveira who I just started listening to like like 4 months ago and her podcast is all about um, having a great experience in college. I uh, should definitely check it out. It's pretty good. And I am gratified that you're taking some time out of your day to learn something new by listening to this podcast episode and I am sure that you're going to get some great value out of it. I like what Robin Sharma says, stop being a prisoner of your past, become the architect of your future. So many of us are trapped into the past, playing scenarios inside of their head and just not thinking about the future, you know. I think you must have a goal that you can align yourself with and then work towards it, but just live in the present. In this episode we talked a lot about how to manage college and life and you know the whole uh, college triangle that is uh, very well known and we talked a lot about the common misconceptions that people have and you know just it was just a great episode i uh, i had a lot of fun making this i hope you will uh, enjoy this let me know what you think about this podcast episode by reaching out to me on social media at @ishansharma7390 also make sure that you let Katie Oliveira know that you are listening to this podcast at College Hood Advice on Instagram and that is it from me now let's get on with the podcast episode Thank you so much for joining me here in Bitcast. Uh how are you doing these days? Thank you so much for having me. I am doing great. Thanks. Uh I started listening to your podcast College Hood Advice um from like 6 months ago and I've learned a lot from it. It has helped me out tremendously. I've just started here in Bitspilani Goa in India and your the lessons and the tips that you provided were of great help to me. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That is always my hope and I think it's magical and amazing and very humbling for me to hear from students literally from across the globe who the podcast mm-hmm. is helping and that's really what it's about. It's about making lives better and helping young people use this time to personally and professionally develop themselves so that they can you know live a life that's aligned with who they want to be and and make positive difference in the world. So I'm so happy that you have connected with the podcast and that it's helping you. Great. So, uh talking about college, you know, uh I just had my first semester completed and right now in second semester I feel I have too much pressure. Like I think there's too much on my plate to handle. Uh first of all, I have to attend my lectures. I have to go for academics. uh to make the notes and then i'm also in a lot of other clubs and departments and so there's a lot that i've been going through uh, i'm also into a startup that i'm working for and learning web development and uh, computer science it's just too much to handle i think what do you think uh, could be some of the tips that i could use in this situation yeah college is interesting right and i think this is true for life um that we often have many things that are pulling us in many directions we have multiple responsibilities so even once you graduate 
I used to have dreams when I was a student that when I graduated, I was going to have all this time. I was going to work out every day and that I was going to be able to just have all this time to myself because I felt like my free time was taken up by studying and by doing homework and by going to clubs and being involved on campus and all those kinds of things. And the reality is, is that when you graduate, you're still going to be busy. And if you have a family, you're going to become even busier. And so learning how to manage Mm -hmm. multiple things in your life, I think, is one of the most important things you can learn during college and one of the things we should learn during college. So my advice, my advice to students is to pay attention to how you use your time to to schedule it wisely. And what I mean by that is sometimes we aren't efficient. We sort of passively go through our days and we might do a little homework here Mm -hmm. and we might hang out there. We might go to work here. We might go to class there. And we have all of these gaps and starts and, and stops that are inefficient and we lose time there. It takes us a little while to mm-hmm. regain our focus. Um, so my, yes. my simplest advice is to batch like things together as much as possible so that you are able to be as efficient with your time use as possible and to harness your focus as best you can by doing one set of tasks all together in a chunk. Mm-hmm. A lot of it depends on your friend circle as well, I think, because if you are along with people that are doing great and they are, that, that are managing time properly, then you will be better off. Oh, oh, absolutely. And the thing is, is that college is a investment in yourself, you know, and every single person who is going there has that, but different people have different priorities and different discipline and different skill sets and different mm-hmm. motivation to focus and improve themselves, right? And so I think one of the things yeah. is, is absolutely peer pressure and encouragement from friends can be positive or it can be negative and distracting. I think one of the chief strategies for that is if you have a good command of your schedule, if you've created a work day, mm-hmm. if you've actually scheduled into your calendar tasks that are important to you when you're going to actually get them done, then that gives you the power of saying no with grace and kindness to your friends and giving them an alternative Mm -hmm. of when you can hang. So like I may not be able to spend time with you right now at three because I really need to write this paper, but Mm -hmm. how about at six? Then suddenly you are the captain of your time, not your assignments and not your friends. Mm -hmm. Having priorities basically. Right. I think it's two things. I think it's one, understanding your priorities, and then two, actually scheduling time each day to the thing that day that is of mm. the highest priority and making sure you get that done first before you do other things. I think we tend to avoid sometimes the most important thing because it might be challenging or overwhelming. There's a turn of phrase mm-hmm. here in the United States that's called eating the frog. So yeah, you eat the frog. I know. I, I've read that book by Brian Tracy. Yeah, you want to eat the frog yeah. first thing in the morning. It's unpleasant, mm-hmm. but man, if you can get it out of the way, then you're kind of home free the rest of the day. That momentum of feeling yeah. accomplished goes a long way, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So do you have any tips for uh, preventing procrastination in just normal life, going through uh, life's you know, journey? 
Yeah, that's so funny that you um, you ask that. That is, of course, one of the major challenges I think that human beings face. Um, I'm actually at the end of the month going to be releasing a um, YouTube channel. So we're going to expand All right. the podcast to YouTube. Uh, and the podcast is finally going on YouTube. We're, we're finally going to go on YouTube. And it's not going to be just recordings of the podcast. It's going to be actual videos of me teaching different strategies and great, tips. Great, great, great. Um, and, and one of the very first scripts I've written, one of the very first episodes is going to be about how to stop procrastinating in the moment and then also how to minimize mm. your urge to procrastinate. I think one of the most important things when it comes to procrastination is understanding really what it is. I know that many of the students that I work with kind of mix together um, procrastination with laziness or poor time yeah. management. And laziness and poor time mm -hmm. management actually are not um, causes of procrastination. Procrastination has more to do with your mood and your emotional state when you're going to do a task than it does you being lazy or not managing your time well. Now, managing your time well can help you with procrastination, but it's not the cause. The cause of procrastination, you know, what procrastination really is is choosing to do something other than what you really need to do, even though you know it's not the best choice. So you are actively making a choice that's not in your best interest when you procrastinate. Yes. Well, why do we mm -hmm. do that? That seems sort of strange, right? It can't just be laziness. A lot of times you are not self-aware of our, ourselves and what we are doing. Yes, yes. So I think that that's the number one tip. When you find yourself procrastinating, my advice is to check in and see what's going on. Are you bored? Mm -hmm. Are you anxious? Are you insecure? Are you frustrated? Do you have self-doubt? Because usually these uncomfortable emotions are the cause of procrastination, not laziness or distractions. Exactly. Great. Uh, also, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, information overload. That's a term that's been coming recently in the years. We have just too much to absorb, you know, on, on social media and we have to study and it just gets a little hard. What do you think? Yeah. I, our attention and focus are finite, which means that they don't have an infinite, we don't have an infinite amount of attention and focus and our sheer willpower isn't enough to make us pay attention and focus. And if we exhaust our attention with all of the media that we're continually consuming and lights and stimulus and other human beings around us, then when it's, it's, when it's time to really focus, we find it to be really challenging. So one of the simple things that I recommend is sort of flipping the script on how we define getting focused versus getting distracted. And so rather than scheduling in time for reward and distraction, I find it might mm -hmm. be more successful for some students, I find, to focus in time to, to focus, to set aside time mm -hmm. and prioritize your focus. And then when you are you know, don't mix them together. Like if that's 20 minutes, 40 minutes, our focus and our attention is limited. And so trying to sit down for four hours straight working may not actually be feasible. And you may be setting yourself up not to be successful, but can you focus for 25 minutes? So which is what a method, yeah. the Parmadoro method re re recommends. Exactly. Yeah. I, I used that in last semester. It was very good. It was very helpful for me. Yeah. And the, the idea behind that is that your attention is really finite. And so that's just one technique. But that technique is really based in the fact that our focus, our ability to sort of focus on a hard task 
we have to kind of take that first step and that action potential is the hardest part. You may find that once you get to that 25 minutes when that timer buzzes, you may be like, no, I can keep going. And so keep going. But if you get there and you you're you find you need a break because the task is really challenging, take that break. But just make sure that the break isn't long. Make sure you schedule in the next time of focus. Great. So um, what are you excited about going forward in 2020? I'm really excited about the podcast and coming YouTube channel starting to really grow and expand its reach. You know, I was in higher ed. I've been in higher ed uh, supporting college students for over 15 years. I've been an instructor and Mm -hmm. an advisor, an academic support strategist for students from all over the world, you know, thousands of students in that time. And I left because I found that there's a lot of resources online, but they're usually from student perspectives. And those students only provide those resources in the time that they're experiencing college. And then they kind of change, right? Their lives change and they move mm-hmm. forward and move on. Or resources yeah. are being provided by big giant education companies and they're kind of old fashioned and and they're hard to access. And so I wanted to mm-hmm. create a resource that was nimble and that was accessible and that was interesting mm-hmm. and that was real uh, and honest. updated to the current yeah in 2020 yeah that was up up to date and so i'm excited to continue to grow the podcast it's grown tremendously in the last few years and i'm really excited to expand even further into youtube i'm terrified i've been avoiding it for a year <laughs> but i think mm-hmm. i'm ready and mm-hmm. i think it's time and i think that that's going to allow more students to access it um this this advice and i think it's going to present some of this information in a different way that complements the podcast. So I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Great. You've been advising students from a long uh, time, obviously. So what are some of the tips that you have? What are some of the qualities that people have uh, that really uh, help them to achieve their best uh, potential? Yeah, I think that the the core ones are a willingness to get help when you need it. So being able to go and utilize resources to look up information and to use the advice of those who've come before you and have wisdom that you can learn from. I think that's one of the most important Mm -hmm. ones. I think the other is a willingness to take healthy risks. I think a lot of times we're we're willing to take unhealthy risks. I know, especially in American culture, um, the college mythology is, you know, you'll see the movies and it's about partying and you know, all all this other stuff, football and all these things. And you see a lot of unhealthy risk, but Mm -hmm. a lot of students are very averse to healthy risk, like experimenting with what you might want to do in your life and being okay with changing and pivoting and being flexible. Reality is, is that the economy is rapidly changing. This conversation is evidence of that. You're right. I'm in Texas, Mm -hmm. the United States, and you're in India. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. But, but, (laughs) With that, I think it terrifies people, but with that comes a lot of opportunity for you to bring forward yourself and your gifts to the world in ways mm-hmm. that have never been accessible to human humans ever before. And so I think the most important thing that students who are successful do is that they understand, they, they use this time in college to understand who they are, what they care about, what they bring to the table as far as skills and strengths and talents and perspective. And they start to experiment with using those things to figure out at this moment in their life where those things can be of use and a contribution in viable work. And if you just keep doing that, 
you will find success. It may mm-hmm. look different over the course of your life, but you will always be able to pivot and be successful whenever you change or the, the opportunities available to you change. Mm-hmm. So talking about college life, uh, there's a lot of uh, strain on us here in, in India, at least, that we have to get our lives figured out. Like You have to know what you're supposed to do when you get out of college. And I think that's just that doesn't make much sense because obviously uh, we have a life expectancy of about 80 to 70 years, right? And uh, people just expect us to know what we're supposed to do now. And it is just so strange. We have, we're just not able to try uh, other things. What do you think about this? Oh, that's so true here in the U.S. as well. And I I think this is one of my chief missions. This is one of my things that motivates me the most. I agree with you. I just don't think it's true either. There are just Mm -hmm. so many human beings in the history of humanity that didn't know or didn't have the opportunity to do the things that they were gifted in. Um, So I think that the that's a 20th century idea that you have this linear path where you gain these skills that lead to a profession that you're going to have the whole rest of your life. Many professions that used Mm -hmm. to be quite stable in the information age are now not stable. They're, they, you know, so uh, computers can diagnose cancer better than humans and computers can give legal advice more accurately than humans. And so some of those artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence is going to take jobs that used to go to the highly educated, (laughs) left brained, analytical people. And the jobs that Mm -hmm. artificial intelligence is not going to fill are jobs that require empathy and creativity and collaboration and problem solving in a way that only humans can do it. And so I think that that we are in the midst of an economic shift that we don't quite understand yet. And I'm my background's in history. And I know I studied um, United States history, but I have a master's degree. I studied world history. You can see it whenever there's an economic shift, historically speaking, from the industrial, from the you know agricultural age to the industrial age, to the industrial age, to the information age, there's an upheaval in social change and culture. And there is a, it, there is a fear from the older generations to the younger generations about the, what, the nature of work. So when people started leaving mm-hmm. the countryside to work in factories, that made people nervous. Uh, when people started yeah. leaving corporate jobs, big managerial jobs to work in tech, that made people nervous, right? And so I think mm-hmm. that... I think that it's hard, I think, to be future-proof. And I recently had an episode on this with a great thinker. Her name's Kat Shalhoub. She wrote a great book about how to be future-proof. To truly be future-proof, I think that the key is to focus less on becoming a specific vocation that exists right now today and to focus instead on understanding and developing yourself and understanding what your gifts are and what your skills are so that you can carry them with you into any field that emerges in the future and that you have your eyes open exactly. and you're able to pivot. And so that might look like, mm-hmm. for example, I wasn't podcasting and, and YouTubing and creating a media company wasn't accessible to me when I was 18. That wasn't an option I could have mm-hmm. checked off. I couldn't have gone to college and majored in that and then worked in that. My life experience and skills prepared me to be able to do this. And I had no idea they were preparing me for this. So I think the important thing is, is to use opportunities to hone yourself and then take that with you yeah. where, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I would like to know what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along your journey um, in, along the years? What has life taught you? 
Oh, so much. <laughs> um, I Full disclosure, this seems quite young to me, but I'm going to be turning 40 this year. Um, and I know when you're 18, yeah. 40 seems really old, but I've got to be honest with you. And this is something mm, that older it people does, tell. It does. Yeah, it's something mm. that older people tell younger people and, and younger people roll their eyes. But you're going to be 40 <laughs> in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm 18. I feel like I just graduated from college and I looked up and I'm four, I'm about oh, wow. to turn 40. So just know that. And mm-hmm. so the thing is, is, is the lesson I've learned along the way, I think the most important lesson I've learned is to be present in the, in the current moment as much as you possibly can and appreciate the lessons that you're learning in that moment, the people that you are with and don't spend your time worrying too much about the past or projecting the future because the past is gone and the future is out of your control. I couldn't have written this my own future, right? I'm not sure. I have a kind of an idea of where Mm -hmm. I'd like to go, but how that shakes out and what it looks like and when it happens is usually not in my control. What is in my control is how I show up. And so I think for me, the most important lessons are to treat others with compassion because you never know when yeah. they're going to pop back up in your life. And just be well, kind and humble. Yes, kindness and be humble. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. We are all human beings on this planet trying to figure it out. And if you show up humble and with compassion and love for others, man, the connections you're going to have mm-hmm. with other humans is going to be beautiful. And if you're present, you're yeah. going to be there for your life. And if you... Mm-hmm take care of yourself and show up as your best self, you're always going to be prepared. And I think those are the three most important lessons I've learned and the three that I would like to convey with my work. Great. Amazing. You know, there's something that Robin Sharma, if you follow him, he talks a lot about uh, that at the the last hour of your your last day, it won't be the failures you regret. It would be the the risks that you didn't take. Mm -hmm. Your regrets. Yeah. I think uh, I've, I have some regrets in the first semester itself and I don't want to have those. So I'm, I'm focusing on having uh, 2020 a less regretful year. And I think what it's, you know, regret just tells you that's just information to let you know that you have to shift something, right? And that maybe you can mm-hmm. do that yourself. Maybe you need support. Maybe you need more information. But it just lets you know but that didn't work for you. It's just feedback to help you grow and better yourself. All right. Talking about life, what is your perspective on relationships in college? Do you think that one should indulge in, in it? Or like, is that something that would uh, that would take away time from, from investing your time into something else that could turn into something big for your life? What, Are you what is talking your about ro- romantic relationships? Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, I think that that's a personal a personal preference. I think that my perspective is that this is a uh, college is a safe space to experiment and grow and learn. Like I was saying, taking healthy risks, and I think relationships is mm-hmm. a, is one of those things. So I think that there are definitely those people and cultures that encourage people to marry very young um, and to begin their yeah. families young. But I also think that. A more modern perspective, perhaps, is you engaging in relationships allows you to both learn how to be in a relationship and also what you need from a relationship. And so I think 
that mm-hmm. if you let it consume you and define you and it and if it fails it destroys you then it's not healthy but if you can engage in them and use them for what they are which is just another experience in life that's helping you further refine who you are and what you're going to experience in this life, then they can be really beneficial. I know it's hard to, I don't mean to dismiss, I've been through some hard breakups myself and they're really hard to get through (laughs) (laughs) emotionally. So I don't dismiss, dismiss that at all. But I think keeping in mind in the grand bigger picture, their importance and and making sure your worth is not connected Mm. to that relationship. It teaches you something at least. Right. Your worth should never be connected to something outside of you, I think. If you can always make your worth Mm -hmm. about you are just inherently worthy because you're a human being on this planet and it's not what you do or what you look like or who you're with or Mm -hmm. what that defines you, then suddenly you take the power away from those things to, to make you feel worthless. And I think that's really important. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just really sad here in India, you know, because the gender ratio here in, in, in our campus is like crazy. It's like one is to eight, which is really sad. <laughs> I mean, we can't do much here. <laughs> yeah. And I can't speak to those cultural differences, but I, I hear you. <laughs> Nothing we can do about that. No. <laughs> all we right. can't solve all the so... problems today. <laughs> Going forward into this decade, what do you think is going to be the next big thing? Like, you know, the YouTube was the biggest thing that happened in last decade. It took off crazy and there were these uh, big YouTubers like Marquez, Brownlee that started in uh, in 2010s and now they are huge. Well, going forward in this decade, what do you think is going to be the next big thing? Is it is it podcasting? Or I think it, it might else? be. I don't know. I, I might be being naive, but I think it's podcasting mm-hmm. and here's why. Yeah. So I went to a conference this fall about podcasting. And one of the interesting things I learned was that there are, I forget the exact numbers, but I want to say there are multiple millions, like four or five million blogs in the world. So that was big in the aughts. And then there are, you know, I don't know the number of YouTube channels, one or two million YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. And that's what was big in the Mm -hmm. 20 teens. And that just in the two years since I've been podcasting, podcasting has grown from 50,000 po- listeners to 800,000, no, podcasts, yeah. 50,000 podcasts to 800,000 podcasts. And the listener demographic mm-hmm. has shifted from white, middle-class, middle-aged American males mm-hmm. to a more international, diverse- Broader public. A broader, yeah. a broader population, primarily younger. Most podcast listeners are now 18 to 34. They're largely, mm-hmm. um, they're largely- female. It used to be they were largely male. They're largely diverse from all over the world. I have, you know, 36 people from 36 countries listen to my podcast, which is, it blows my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think podcasting is really poised to grow. I think it's really intimate. I think the fact that you see all these companies starting to publish podcasts is a good indicator that they're growing, the, how fast they're growing. Anchor is doing pretty good. All right. thanks to Anchor that you're not able to start podcasts for free and then do it. That's that's how I started out. Yeah. It's it's really more accessible than it used to be. I think it's more accessible to do than YouTubing. 
I also think you can have mm-hmm. more nuanced conversations and more connection with each other. YouTubing is you're kind of talking often to just it. Unless you have a studio and production team, you're you're or you're on Zoom or something, it's harder and and I think it's harder to do conversations on YouTube than on podcasting. I think it's harder to have nuance mm. on YouTube than on podcasting. The other thing is, is that there's a huge number of podcasts that are geared to children. And so that's something new. Yeah. And children are starting, my children and their friends listen to podcasts. Like my children know what podcasts are. Um, and so I think that you have an audience that's going to move into other content as they age as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's something else out there we can't even imagine that someone's thinking of. Mm, yeah. <laughs> something might come up. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, uh, talking about podcasting, how do you, how do you, what is your process for making a podcast episode? Oh, yes. Um, so podcast episodes. I used to do it kind of on the fly, week to week, figuring out, oh my gosh, who am I going to talk to and what am I going to say? Now I have an editorial calendar where I have it pretty mapped out and I batch record. So I pick two days each quarter and I set those aside Mm -hmm. and I record all of my episodes for the next three to four months during that time. So I already have all the episodes recorded for the next three to four months done. And that way allows me to have the brain space to create and do other things without having to be on the hamster wheel of producing a podcast. I used to have to identify guests and reach out to them just like you did for me. And I still do that, especially yeah. if there's a specific topic I want to talk about or there's a specific person I'd like mm-hmm. to talk to. But largely, a lot of people apply to be a guest on my show. And so I, I have a nice stream of people that I can talk to from all kinds of backgrounds. And so we will, I will send them a checklist with some things to think about for the podcast and we'll sit down and record. And then my husband actually does all the editing yeah. And then I post everything out and mm-hmm. it's really been fun. I love it. It's become, at first it was really hard and challenging. I go back and listen to my early ones because I'm editing and cleaning them up and I cringe, but I, I think that it's gotten a lot better and I'm, I'm feel, I think over time you become more comfortable with it and it becomes yeah, more like nature. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are your favorite podcasts that you would uh, listen to normally? Uh, yeah. Um, let me think about that for a minute. I have not been listening to podcasts as much as I used to because my podcast time has been taken over by children's podcasts. Um, I oh. like to listen to news and politics podcasts, especially with what's happening in the United States right now. So I listen to a lot of NPR mm-hmm. politics and Pod Save America and um, I just to keep up with that and listen to that the daily. I am also really interested in questions of purpose and spirituality. And so I listen to podcasts like The Good Life Project and Super Soul Conversations and On Being with Krista Tippett. And then I like to listen to, um, you know, comedy and fun podcasts. Um, I don't do that quite as much as I'd like to, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Katie, for coming on to this podcast episode. I'm so grateful that you came. And yeah, I mean, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. So that was Katie Oliveira. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, If there's something that you would like to ask her or 
whatever query you have make sure that you reach out to me on social media at ishan sharma 7390 and to kt olivera at college would advise and that is it from this episode i and i hope to see you in the next one